Good evening. Our top story tonight, ESPN has laid off at least 10, probably more at this point, employees. NFL media, the entire NFL media landscape is undergoing a massive transformation. It's going to look a lot different in 2023. We also have news on a potential trade from the Philadelphia Eagles and a potential free agent signing from the Philadelphia Eagles. Both were misses and those misses are the only reason that the Eagles actually landed AJ Brown. We also have updates on some of the quarterbacks around the NFL, including Andy Dalton, who still believes he's a starter and more on player profiler today. Happy, as always, to have so many friends in the chat. We've got the Harry Snowman. We've got Senior Football. We've got PJ Kennedy. Pleasure to have you friends on the show. And it is quite unfortunate to report that ESPN has undergone more layoffs, a mass round of layoffs of on-air talent, especially Todd McShay, their draft expert draft guru alongside Mel Kuyper. He has been let go. That is a big move in the fantasy football and NFL draft landscape. Someone is going to sign Todd McShay to a big deal, but ESPN letting go of a lot of really talented, deserving people like Max Kellerman. And I know Max Kellerman, he's a meme, Andre Iguodala. I'll take Iguodala. It's funny, but Max Kellerman Genuinely seems like a pretty decent dude. I know his takes are always not the best, but it just, it sucks to see people lose their job. Good people. Jalen Rose, who I actually always enjoyed for ESPN. He has been let go. Susie Colbert, who has spent 27 years at ESPN, done a fantastic job. One of the best at her profession that there is. Steve Young, quarterback for the 49ers. Obviously he was on Monday Night Football. Keyshawn Johnson, who had a show with Max Kellerman and Jay Williams, he's been let go. Jay Williams, probably not going to be let go because he has an expiring contract at the end of the summer, I believe. it's They're probably just going to let him run it out and then he will be released. But Matt Hasselbeck, he has been released. David Pollock has been released by ESPN. Ashley Brewer, June Lee, LaFonso Ellis, Jordan Cornette, Jason Fitz, Nick Friedel, and there are more expected to come. Basically, what we have heard so far is that unless you're Stephen A., unless you're Joe Buck, unless you are Scott Van Pelt or someone of that upper echelon at ESPN, Adam Schefter, unless you are the top of the game, ESPN has you on the chopping block. There are more, how many, I don't even know how many I listed, but at least 20 layoffs, firings, however you want to phrase it, are expected. Uh, Mina Kimes is not, Mina Kimes is a free agent soon and people will be bidding for her services. She may be leaving ESPN in the next year, but if she does, it won't because she's been let go. It's because she is a free agent and cashed in big, and she absolutely deserves it wherever she goes. Or if she stays at ESPN, that is absolutely big time. Susie is awesome. I was shocked to see that she had been let go. It is really just, it's sad. It's disappointing. It's not that ESPN is moving on from football. It's just they are heading 
in a completely different direction. Because remember, they just signed Pat McAfee to the massive contract just a few months ago. I think it was $85 million over five years, if my memory serves me correctly. That's a lot of money. And so you can see Disney is saying, hey, we're headed in a different direction. We see the downfall of cable news, of cable media. It's not the same when you've got people like Pat McAfee, like Player Profiler, like all these other companies making incredible content on YouTube with no backing. And McAfee ended up getting the FanDuel backing, but that also paid a salary. But when you see these companies start up themselves and the overhead that goes into this show versus an ESPN show, it's quite a bit of difference. The overhead of creating the draft special for the for NFL Network, for ESPN, for both of them, versus what we did at Player Profiler, it's pretty different. It's pretty different. You can save a lot of money in the content and the information. Sometimes, sometimes it is even better content. So we are at a crossroads when it comes to NFL media and the future. Are ESPN transitioning to YouTube? Well, they've hired McAfee. He will be on ESPN and he will still be on YouTube. So I don't think so. I think they are going, well, it's a combination of both. They are hedging their bets as they kind of have to. Talk about that human capital overhead. Appreciate you, Senor Football. But yes, it's, it's quite a shift that we are going through. These big networks that care about, well, we got to make more money. We got to make more money. Every year's got to make more money. How do we make more money? Well, we let people go. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks to see deserving, hardworking people who have put in the work see their careers come to an end, or at least their careers with ESPN come to an end. Because I have no doubt many of these people will catch on at different companies. Sports media is an incredible industry. There are incredible companies. So we will see where this takes them, but we are undergoing a shift in the NFL media landscape. It's going to look different next year. ESPN is revamping the product. I don't know what that will look like. I have no inside information, but they are changing with the death of cable. They're trying to hang on. We'll see how it works. Their new strategy and all this talent being excised. We'll see if it works out, but first and foremost, I just hope that everyone here lands on their feet. I hope the best for everyone who saw their time at ESPN come to a close. So yeah, that's that's it. That's how we're going to cover that story. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. It's going to look a lot different. I don't know how different it's going to look, but just wish the best for all these people. That's all. And send out good vibes to them. But... We also have other stories to talk about before we get to those. We do have to talk about the draft kit. The draft kit is truly phenomenal. It is immaculate. I'm sure many of you have already seen, but if you haven't, Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see 
in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Oh, get the draft kit. It is well worth it. And if you want to sign up for the all-in package, use promo code Jack when you sign up. You save $10. These are my absolute favorite types of comments. ESPN has become political. That's why they are losing viewers. What an absolutely brain-dead take. What an absolutely stupid opinion. Everything is political. Quite literally, everything is political. NFL games are inherently political due to their affiliation with the United States military, with the flyovers. That's political. That is objectively political. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it is political. So when people cry about ESPN being political, you know, they're just soft. They're just snowflakes. So thank you for making me laugh, Aiden. Appreciate it. But anyways, <laughs> appreciate you mad scientist and Harry snowman it's always the people that cry oh it's political about things they don't like just say you don't like it grow up be an adult and say i don't like this it's okay you're allowed to have preferences but don't hide it under the guise of oh i just hate things being political no you don't you just hate this one specific thing jack is mean yes i am when people say dumb things i can absolutely be mean and this is a dumb take i have received many 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 times but anyways philadelphia eagles the eagles almost traded for calvin ridley last year and then of course the suspension happened but there was an offer on the table they were negotiating back and forth that a deal was going to get done to send calvin ridley to the Philadelphia Eagles and then the suspension and the Falcons were honest and said, Hey, in good faith, we have to stop this negotiation. We can't tell you why, but we're not going to be this organization <laughs> that goes through this negotiation with the news that we have. Just trust us offers off the table. You don't want it. And the Eagles said, okay, well that sucks. And they also were looking at signing Allen Robinson. I don't know if these were mutually exclusive, but Allen Robinson. Eagles had an offer for Allen Robinson. He was about to sign it. He had agreed verbally, but then said, well, you know, let me sleep on it. Give me one more night. Let me sleep on it. And then Sean McVay called and 
according to Ari Myrov, according to Ari Myrov, and I believe this, how can you not believe this? Sean McVay is allegedly one of the most persuasive individuals in all of the NFL landscape. And I mean, come on, how do you not believe him? He's good looking. He's hilarious. He is young. He's hip. He's in on the lingo, as the kids say. I mean, Sean McVay just turns on that chart. It's why Cliff Kingsbury had so much success, even though he was bad. It's why Cliff Kingsbury kept feeling, failing upward because he is confident. He's a good looking man. He is funny. He just wasn't a good coach. So Sean McVay actually has that under his belt, but Allen Robinson ends up going to the Rams. And as PJ Kennedy says, yes, AJ Brown over Calvin Ridley dodged a bullet there. Even if Calvin Ridley wasn't suspended, even if Calvin Ridley played last year, if we're looking at the sliding doors universes, one universe is AJ Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles. One is Calvin Ridley to the Philadelphia Eagles. Either of those moves, AJ Brown is the difference maker. I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles make the Super Bowl with Calvin Ridley. Do you? I mean, Calvin Ridley, is, he's a great receiver, but he's not A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is one in the upper echelon. He is just outside that elite tier of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, if you want to count it as current, but whatever. <laughs> oh, mad scientist. I appreciate you. Good looking, hip, and cool. What is Jack Cavanaugh for 300? Alex, People only hate things that are political when they go against their political beliefs. Exactly. And that is exactly the people that are upset about ESPN and their political nature, even though it's not even that political. Even if you go to Fox, people say the same thing about Fox. People are fighting in the comments about the politics of Fox Sports and Shannon Sharp versus Skip Bayless. And I mean, come on. Everything's political. Literally everything on Earth. So just you're allowed to not like things. I'm not telling you what you can and cannot enjoy. Just don't say it's because of politics. That's the only thing I ask. What is wrong with Arthur Blank Jr. becoming a hero of mine? Oh, is it wrong that Arthur Blank Jr. Arthur Blank, why did I put the junior? Is becoming a hero of mine. Where do you see that kind of honesty and honor at the multi-million dollar level? Yeah, the, the Falcons and it's new front office as well. It's GM Terry Fontenot. This is something that they talked very heavily about it at the time and it kind of flew under the radar but yeah this was something the falcons were saying hey we want to be known as a franchise that people want to negotiate with and if we screw people over here that's not gonna work so falcons made the right decision by keeping the good faith now teams will work with the atlanta falcons the man has courage. You will never do anything in this world without courage. It is the greatest quality of mind to honor. I like that, Harry Snowman. I absolutely like that. Moving on from this Philadelphia Eagles trade, but long story short, A.J. Brown gets the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Allen Robinson definitely doesn't get them to the Super Bowl. And I don't think Calvin Ridley does either. Moving on to the news, though. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey defeat Stephen, uh, Steph Curry. Why did I say Stephen Curry? Anyways, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are defeated by Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in the match. Cam Robinson has officially been suspended four games by the Jacksonville Jaguars. It will cost him $3.55 million in salary 
for the missed games. It also voids the remaining guarantees in the contract of Cam Robinson. And it also opens the door on a pretty interesting question. If Walker Little succeeds at left tackle and at right tackle, Anton Harrison, because this is something that NFL media continues to get wrong over and over again. Well, they just drafted Anton Harrison at left tackle. He could just replace Cam Robinson. They drafted left tackle Anton Harrison. No, they didn't. Yes, he played left tackle in college, but no. Follow OTAs. Pay attention to what is happening. Anton Harrison is practicing at right tackle. That is just something he's doing. But no, people who don't really pay attention, they see this headline. Oh, well, Cam Robinson, he's suspended and they drafted a new left tackle. It's it's one for one. No, that's not what's happening. Watch, pay attention to the practices, read beat reports. Anton Harrison, first round pick by the Jaguars. He is the right tackle. A couple years ago, second or third round pick Walker Little. He is filling in at left tackle until Cam Robinson returns. But it's possible that these two exceed expectations. Cam Robinson returns. I don't want to mess with the offensive line. Do they kick Cam Robinson inside to guard? Do they cut him next year? Regardless, this could be a good problem for the Jaguars to have. I'm not saying it's a good thing that Cam Robinson is suspended, but the outcome could actually be an upgrade. Am I crazy to go Kelsey at the 101 in Scott Fishbowl? No, absolutely not. I don't think anyone's crazy for going Travis Kelsey 101, especially in tight and premium. I don't, I don't know if I would do it. I haven't been in that situation yet, but I still think I go Jamar Chase or I know Scott Fishbowl super flex, isn't it? No, if it's super flex, no, I don't go Travis Kelsey. I, you gotta go quarterback in Scott Fishbowl, but Kelsey is steamed up. Yeah, because it's super flex. If it wasn't super flex, I could get behind it. I'd still probably go Jamar Chase. I think that's who we have in the rankings. But in super flex, no, you gotta go Travis Kelsey. Anyways, Buddha Baker. Buddha Baker wants to be paid fairly, though he will report to camp. Buddha Baker is set to make $14.75 million per year. He wants a new contract. He has asked for a trade from the Arizona Cardinals. So I think this is. A combination of things. I think this is him saying, okay, I would play for this salary, being the seventh highest paid safety in the NFL, for a good team. But if I'm going to be on the worst team in the NFL and we don't have good players to pay money to, then give me the money. If, if I'm stuck here, pay me. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the card, maybe the Cardinals do trade Buda Baker, but it seems unlikely. It would be a good idea to get rid of them. Team, I don't know. Cardinals should get rid of them. They should tank. But I just don't trust the Arizona Cardinals, even though it's a new regime. I just, I don't trust them. Anyways, it's hard to see him getting an upgrade and pay too. The, the one contract that is circled in out here is Jamal Adams at 17 and a half million. If he wants to get up there, I understand that because Jamal Adams has not lived up to that contract yet. But... Derwin James at $19 million. You're not beating that Buddha. You're not beating Minka Fitzpatrick at $18.2 million. You're not beating Jesse Bates at 16 million. Even I don't, I would rather have Jesse Bates, the Atlanta Falcons new safety for high priced free agent from the Bengals than Buddha Baker. So just because Jamal Adams is making too much at 17 and a half million. I don't know. 
Buda Baker. Maybe he wants to get into Harrison Smith range at 16 million too. But then there's Justin Simmons at 15 and a quarter. So I don't know. I think this is just Buda Baker saying, I don't want to play for a crap team and be the seventh highest paid safety in the NFL when you have no one else to give money to. I just, I don't think it's going to work. I really don't. And I don't think Andy Dalton is correct when he says he views himself as an NFL starter. He doesn't think there are 32 NFL players that are better than him, that he should be starting, even though they drafted Bryce Young. If they hadn't drafted Bryce Young, well, he would be a starting quarterback. No, Andy, they signed you because they know you're a backup and you'll be a good mentor to a starting quarterback. And now you can kind of make the argument that, and I'm not saying I agree, but Andy Dalton, he can make the argument to himself, well, I'm better than Baker Mayfield. I'm better than Desmond Ritter, better than Sam Howell, better than Jordan Love. Baker Mayfield, he's stunk recently, and these other guys, they've shown nothing. I'm better than those guys. I I would rather have Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell, Jordan Love, and Baker Mayfield than Andy Dalton. But at least you can see his rationale there, maybe. Maybe he thinks he's better than Kenny Pickett, too, but that is objectively false. I'd much rather have Kenny Pickett than Andy Dalton. See, I disagree here. I would not. I I would, would rather have Jimmy G than Andy Dalton. I would rather have Mac Jones than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is a high-end backup at this point in his career. He is the new Nick Foles. Zach Wilson was a starter, yes. But this is last year's set of starting quarterbacks. So unless we count Colt McCoy, unless you count Colt McCoy, because he's probably starting week one for the Cardinals. I don't agree with Andy Dalton. And even then you look at some backups to see the best backup in the NFL. I don't know. I, I tend to agree with PJ Kennedy. I don't think he's not any good, but I think he's just a backup. He is a guy that can come in. If he's asked to start four games, you hope he wins two or doesn't lose two of them. Cause he's just a game manager at this point. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to throw the ball short dink and dunk but he's not going to turn it over. And that's why he started over Jameis last year. Cause Dennis Allen is a conservative coach as a defensive co uh, minded coach, but that's just not my style. I would rather sling it with Jameis definitely could be a starter in Arizona. That is the one team Gardner Minshew or Andy Dalton. I think I'd rather have Gardner Minshew, right? I, even if we grant him being better than Baker Ritter, Howell and love, which I don't, but even if you do that, you look at some of the backups and, I don't know, Andy. I don't know. And speaking of Desmond Ritter, there was a lovely piece from The Athletic earlier today just kind of hyping up Desmond Ritter for the most part anyways. When you look at Desmond Ritter, Drake London admires the confidence and the level head of Desmond Ritter. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who <laughs> hilarious that he is in this interview, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside still in the NFL apparently. I forgot he was with the Falcons calls him a natural-born leader. Jonu Smith says that Desmond Ritter has a great presence. These are all great quotes, but what do they actually mean? Well, not much. It means that the team is buying in, that Desmond Ritter is the guy, that he's a starting quarterback. But they do have Taylor Heineke behind him. If he does falter, Taylor Heineke is a guy we've seen teams rally behind in the past, so it's possible. But for now, Desmond Ritter is going to get a shot. But when you look 
at round three quarterbacks. It has not gone particularly great over the course of the last 23 years. Well, 22 years. Because we're obviously taking Hendon Hooker out of the equation. He hasn't played an NFL season. We're not counting him. But since the year 2000, only 12 of the 31 quarterbacks drafted in the third round have started more than 10 games. Only seven have won more than 10 games. And now this includes guys from last year, Desmond Ritter. He had four starts last year. He's going to hit 10 starts. He's going to start at least six games this year. Malik Willis had three starts last year. I don't know how many more starts we see from Malik Willis. I think Malik Willis ultimately got an unfair shake. He was forced to start too early, but not going to work out. Same with Matt Corral. Matt Corral drafted in the third round, zero starts last year. You know, I don't know if Matt Corral makes too many starts in his NFL career. I don't know if he gets to that 10. But in saying that, there are some situations where guys in the third round have ooh, Malik Willis over Andy Dalton. I would rather have Malik Willis on my roster than Andy Dalton. I think in a one game right now, Andy Dalton is probably better. Yeah, Corral was on IR, but now he's probably not going to get a shot until after he moves on from the Carolina Panthers, and even then he's probably going to be a backup. He got a raw deal as well. Matt Corral, raw deal. Malik Willis, raw deal. These guys kind of, unfortunately, through not really much fault of their own, put in situations where they're probably not going to get a true shot. But looking at other third-round quarterbacks, of course, Russell Wilson, he's the king. 137 starts for him. Matt Schaub, Matt Schaub, 93 starts for the former Houston Texans quarterback. Josh McCown started 76. uh, Jacoby Myers, Jacoby, no, not Jacoby Myers, Jacoby Brissett, 38 starts. Nick Foles, 58 starts. Colt McCoy, I think he had 36 starts. Davis Mills, 26. Mike Glennon, 31. Trent Edwards, that's a name from the past. 33 starts. So this is who we're comparing Desmond Ritter to. The upper echelon is Russell Wilson. Then it's Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub. If, if Desmond Ritter becomes Matt Schaub, that is an A+. plus. That is wonderful. Matt Schaub was a pretty successful... <laughs> he was a pretty successful quarterback, though. Who had Matt Schaub on their player profiler today? Bingo card. I doubt anyone did, but he he was a compiler. I can't remember if he ended up topping 5,000 yards, but I think he either led or was second in the NFL in passing yards. So that Desmond Ritter would love to have a Matt Schaub career. It's more likely though, that he's a Josh McCown, a Nick Foles, a Jacoby Brissett, a Colt McCoy at best. Cause then you look at some of the other quarterbacks that were drafted in the third round. Chris Sims started 16 games. I wouldn't call that a success. Brody Croyle started 10 games for the Chiefs. That is not a success. Charlie Whitehurst, Sean Mannion, Cody Kessler. These are the third-round quarterbacks. We are comparing Desmond Ritter against C.J. Beathard. Mason Rudolph made 10 starts and showed he was not it. Will Greer, two starts, not it. Kellen Mond. He's At least Desmond Ritter has already beaten Kellen Mond. Zero starts for him. And... We got to say, Desmond Ritter has already beaten the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin O'Connell, zero starts. So this is the range of outcomes for Desmond Ritter. At one end of the spectrum, he's Russell Wilson. He's Matt Schaub. He's Nick Foles. He's Colt McCoy. 
He's Trent Edwards. He's Chris Sims. He's Kevin O'Connell. And that's the problem with these late round quarterbacks. The Falcons are in a weird position. The commanders are in a weird position. And I can't fault them for it. The commanders in a better position. Not even really, because they've got talented passing games. If the quarterback can hit, but if they don't hit, it's going to be a wasted season. Anyways, final thought for the night. Matt Schaub was pretty good back in the day. Hey, you like that video? Be sure to subscribe and activate those alerts so you get notified as soon as new videos drop. And be sure to check out playerprofiler.com. We have all the tools for you to dominate every type of fantasy league. We have a draft kit, Dynasty Deluxe, Data Analysis, DFS Dominator, and don't forget the player rankings to rule them all.